Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another edition of Cowboys Talk, the Dallas Cowboys discussion segment of the Bear of Texas podcast. I am the Bear of Texas, and the Dallas Cowboys are now 5-2, courtesy of a 24-6 win over the 1-5 Detroit Lions. Well, not exp- it's going to be unexpected for me to be told by none other than my boy Darnell Salins, a.k.a. the Playmaker, because I'm sure that when I'm on our rivals with him this week, he's going to tell me that he does not want to hear me say one damn negative thing about the Dallas Cowboys regarding the win. Well, obviously, uh, yeah, whether he likes it or not, there's some talking points that need to be addressed, and they're going to be addressed on this show because that is what Cowboys Talk is all about. The truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth, so help me God. And the truth is, is that the offense, well, they made my, <laughs> well, they made my blood boil, let me tell you that. I mean, I was actually really, all uh, again, losing my damn mind. I mean, everybody should say, oh, Dak Prescott's going to be there. It's going to be okay. No, 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 no. It's not going to be okay. <laughs> this is what I said in the preview. No, it's not going to be okay. Okay, maybe I should have been a little bit more optimist. Okay, but no, I knew I had a feeling it was not going to be okay because I said this before and I'll say it again, ladies and gentlemen. Is it going to make a difference whether it's Cooper Rush or Dak Prescott under center when Kellen Moore is calling the most ridiculous plays? No, it's not going to make a difference. And if it does make a difference, it's going to make very little difference. But overall, is the difference going to be anything positive? Well, no, not really. Now, to be fair, there were some, uh, the offense was a little bit, um, well, it was something against Detroit. I mean, Dak Prescott going 19 for 25 for 207 yards and a touchdown. I'm going to give Dak Prescott the credit. I mean, he did a whole lot better than I thought. Now, now I'll be honest. Everybody knows my, uh, well, everybody knows uh, the whole thing between me and Dak Prescott, how I've, I was never a huge fan of Dak Prescott, how critical I am of him, yada, 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 the whole nine yards. But look, I, I didn't, I didn't want to put a, a heavy amount of, expectations on the guy because you know because you know he coming back from the injury but you know I figured well it's not going to surprise me if Dak Prescott is rusty in this game and we, we did see a little, a little bit of rust but honestly I don't think Dak Prescott is truly as rusty as I as I anticipated because 19 for 25 that's not incredibly rusty now if, if you went something like maybe 13 for 25 or something like that, then that would be a different story, but it's just that overall, the offense, oh, I mean, the frustrating part was that here we are, the offense going against the worst defense in the league, and the Detroit defense was actually managing to stop them. The fact that the score was 10-6 to going in very late in the game, and then the Dallas Cowboys scored two touchdowns late off of turnovers committed by the Detroit offense? Huh. Yeah, so finally, it came around, and they know this is part of the keys to victory. If the defense forces turnovers, and the Cowboys have to score off their turnovers, and yes, we did see that. But the fact that it was 10-6 to late in the fourth quarter... I mean, I'm going to give the credit. Now, the defense, now, believe it or not, the defense, you know, did actually, they were challenged, okay? Now, 
I understand that the Lions failed to find the end zone, and I understand that there's a total of five turnovers, but believe it or not, the Detroit Lions deserve a bit of positive recognition. I mean, there's a couple things that they truly deserve to be acknowledged for. I mean, number one, that, you know, I think at the end of the day, those turnovers were probably a bit of bad luck, especially when the Detroit Lions fumbled at the goal line. Man, especially because, you know, that previous play, you all saw the game, that previous play, um, I believe it was the player, his name is Brock, I believe, uh, Brock Wright, I believe, is that who I believe it was, caught that 17-yard pass and was, at first it seemed as though he was definitely in the end zone, but I think, you know, what the uh, what Tony Romo and uh, his uh, broadcast partner uh, were anticipating was that, you know, the fact that Dan Campbell, the head coach of the Detroit Lions, didn't even bother challenging. Well, I think if he had challenged, I mean, it definitely would have been a 50-50 situation. Yeah, the refs could have certainly called it a touchdown. Maybe the refs would have, you know, called it that he was short by a mere inches. Later, it was seen that his knees were down and the football was not over the goal line. So it would have been... The Lions would have just been inches away from scoring a touchdown, but unfortunately, because it was never challenged, that did not happen. And you know, and this is where I speak about the pure bad luck. You know, on, on the next play, on a running play, the Detroit Lions uh, fumbled fumbled the ball, and the Cowboys recovered. And then, of course, uh, Dan Campbell's reaction to it—well, that truly told the story. I mean, you know, Dan Campbell's reaction after—I I believe it was Jamal, the running back, uh, Jamal Williams, who fumbled. Uh, you know, his reaction was just, man. And, and I'll be honest, you, you, you know, I didn't I didn't like seeing Dan Campbell. Like, I mean, Dan Campbell, as we know, played, played for the Cowboys from 2003 to 2005. But, you know, it, it was just a bit of bad luck for Detroit. I mean, Detroit, believe it or not, I mean, I, I always tell Cowboy fans, especially those Cowboy fans that I like to pick on the Lions, look, we can pick on the Lions all we want, but the Lions have given the Cowboys a hard time in the past. I mean, and then then they'll say, "Oh, you want to bring up the 1991 playoff loss when the Cowboys lost 38 to six? No, I'm not bringing that up. And then they cut, and then they cut, and then after we reminded, well, we'll never forget in 2011 when the Cowboys blew that 27 to three lead to Detroit, and then of course in 2013, I think that famous play by Matthew Stafford. But the bottom line is, or of course, you know, the uh, the wild card in 2014, the bottom line is the Detroit Lions have proven, they have justifiably solidified themselves as proven worthy opponents for the Dallas Cowboys in all scenarios, okay? Now, a few times the Cowboys have, have actually destroyed the Lions in the last couple years, but overall, in the track record... The Detroit Lions have been worthy opponents of the Cowboys. And no matter what, you always take the Lions seriously. But in the Cowboys' case, no matter who they play, they are not to under- underestimate their opponent in any circumstances because that will come back and bite them right in the ass. And as far as Dallas Cowboys go, underestimating their opponent has come back and bitten them in the ass before. You know, and they know that they cannot let that happen again. But then again, it's the Cowboys. I mean, do they truly ever listen? I mean, no. Should I say not really? Or not at all for that matter. Anyway. 
So, you know, going back to the offense, our defense being challenged, look, Jared Goff, honestly, he's actually, was actually having respectable, you know, respectable numbers coming in this game. He came in the game with 11 touchdowns and four picks. And uh, the Cowboys actually, you know, the fact is, the Cowboys prevented him from throwing a touchdown, and he threw two picks. And But still, you know, Jared Goff going 21 for 26 for 228 yards. Hey, Jared Goff had more, more passing yards than Jalen Hurts did against the Cowboys. I mean, I think Jared Goff... Throwing for over 220 yards. I mean, I'm not sure how many quarterbacks have done that against the Cowboys defense so far this season. But the bottom line is Jared Goff and the, and the Detroit offense, despite the uh, despite their five turnovers, the Detroit offense really did, you know, they did the best of their ability, but unfortunately they were too unlucky. You know, the fact that Amon Ross St. Brown was knocked out of the game early on due to a concussion and several other uh, key, opponent, key players on offense and defense were missing for Detroit. I mean, Detroit had all these injuries and they still, you know, you know, kept the fight in until like the last couple of minutes of the game. But, you know, Khalif Raymond, Brock Wright, TJ Hawkinson, I mean, those really, they, those guys put up respectable numbers. I mean, you know, I always said that Detroit's got weapons on offense. I mean, they've got talent. You could, like, again, even on defense, you can say whatever you want about Detroit, but there's no, there's just simply no denying that Detroit has talent on that team. They do have talent on that team. It's just unfortunate that the talent, the, the, the talent, obviously, uh, despite that, they're not just, they're just unable to win. Detroit has just been unfortunate with a, with a, with all this bad luck for God knows how long. And, you know, it, it's truly unfortunate. So, so anyway, so look, with a, a Cowboys number as well, you know, the fact that Detroit came in with, with the worst rushing defense in the league and those times where the Cowboys had, had extreme difficulty running the ball. You know, I think the Cowboys offensive line actually had a, had a, had a, had a bit of an off day. You know, Dak Prescott was actually sacked twice. He was even sacked on the opening drive by uh, Aiden Hutchinson, who, by the way, is another player that I have a lot of respect for. I mean, Aiden Hutchinson, very underrated defensive end. I mean, the Cowboys, you know, got, the offensive line allowed two sacks. I mean, Jared Goff was sacked five times. So, again, another tremendous performance by the, by the defense. And, you know, believe it or not, another another one of the games where the Cowboys were not the team with the mo with more penalties. Although it, it was only by the difference was only one. Cowboys had seven penalties for fifty five yards, and the Detroit Lions had eight for fifty nine. And believe it or not, the Detroit Lions, you know, they have a history of being one of the most penalized team in the league. I mean, they've they, that's been the case for God knows how long. So the Cowboys and Lions are two of the most penalized teams for probably like the last 20, 30 years or so. You know, you know, really interesting too is you know Detroit had longer time of ball possession with thirty-one minutes and fourteen seconds, but again, you know, Detroit just so unlucky. I mean, you know, you look at the uh, third down efficiency. I mean, Dallas three for nine on on third downs. <laughs> yeah, so so again, you know, so so much for the worst defense in the league. I mean, for Detroit for having the worst defense in the league. That defense was. Now let's be honest. That defense was kicking the Cowboys' ass. I mean, at the end, when the Cowboys scored those two touchdowns off those turnovers, at the end of the day, it's no exaggeration, and I do mean with conviction, it's no exaggeration that the Detroit Lions, Lions defense was, was exhausted. They were gassed. There was nothing left out of it, you know. So I can honestly say that the Cowboys, you know, got a little bit lucky at the end. I mean, you can disagree with me, but there's no denying that the Cowboys, the game... You know, I feel like this was like this was basically the trap game. Only the Cowboys managed to get out of it. Usually, if, if it's a trap game, the Cowboys don't don't end up on top. Like they don't end up, they don't emerge victorious. So, yeah. 
Anyway, you know, look at the scoreboard. The, the Chicago Bears are up 10-0 on the New England Patriots. And on Sunday, the Dallas Cowboys host the Chicago Bears. Uh-oh. Anyway. So I'm going to take a look at the play-by-play exactly, you know, just to bring up exactly, you know, when the Cowboys scored those touchdowns. So it, with a 10-6 to lead with, like, you know, when the Cowboys made that interception, when uh, Jordan Lewis, who, who apparently is now out, out for the season with a foot injury, intercepted it with about 8 minutes and, and 30 seconds left in the game. And then when, when Dallas, Dallas scored a touchdown, see, Dallas really took their sweet time on, on that particular play. You know, took five, five, a little over five and a half minutes off the clock in that play, and then finally made it seventeen to six, and then like that. So, and then you know, Detroit, on, uh, Detroit gets the ball back on the first play. They cough it up. And the Cowboys get the ball back, and then go on to score again. So, I mean, I'm telling you. And then, yeah. So finally, the Cowboys, you know, finally did it at, at the end. But again, Detroit, Detroit put up a fight for, for most of the game. I mean. We, we, we could say, like, 24 to 6 all we want, but still, like, you watched the game, you saw how it ended, especially, you know, with less than 10 minutes left in the game, around the eight with around with eight minutes left, how Cowboys scored those two touchdowns like that and drained the ball off the, drained the clock down, you know, that's when the offense, you know, the play calling slightly improved, but still, overall, I feel like the play calling is still too conservative, too controversial, too questionable, too repulsive, too repugnant, too atrocious, I mean... It's just it's just unbelievable, and you know, and what what worries me lately is that Michael Gallup has just been quiet, and you know, Michael Gallup who just got paid in the off season, and we're not we're not seeing very we're not we're not seeing uh, anything out of it. I mean, there you go. I mean, this is you know this is what upsets me. You know, Michael Gallup had a, had a crucial drop in this game too, so there goes back back some bad memories. But anyway, so like seeing like all the five, the five turnovers, you know. You know, I, I gotta mention, you know, to give back the credit to Detroit. I mean, Detroit had the lead at halftime, a six to three lead, until they got shut down in the fourth quarter. But again, you know, that that fumble at the one yard line. I mean, I, I believe that that's that was truly the down. I mean, so it's often argued if it was the downfall of that or the fact that Dan Campbell just chose not to challenge that particular play. You know, uh, I really believe that fumble at the one yard line, and after that, because you know, D- Detroit, you know, it would have been thirteen to ten for Detroit if they had scored. And I think at that point. Detroit might have actually won. They probably would have won the game if they had scored because that that Cowboys offense was not doing anything, and that def and the Cowboys defense was be, was beginning to get exhausted. So, so yeah, so that, that's why I truly believe the Cowboys, you know, got very, got got a bit lucky. I mean, I mean, thankfully they 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 took advantage of the opportunity, but 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 of course, you know, on, on the opening uh, of the second half when when the Lions got the ball, you know, a, a, a deep pass was intercepted by um, Trayvon Diggs and. You know, my boy Tony Romo, who was calling the game. You know, there was actually a part of the game because you know, even on people on Twitter were were actually a little bit upset about it because Tony Romo seemed a little bit adamant about the interception not quite being an interception, feeling like like the ball might not have been controlled all the way. But uh, you know, and I did a I did a, sh- a short video on YouTube, and you know, if, if I remember correctly, turnovers are not challenged; they're immediately reviewed and. Um, you know, I, I, I'm pretty sure. I think that I think the ball. I think the uh, after the interception, the game went into commercial. Then immediately, about probably 30 to 45 seconds later, because I remember after the interception went into commercial, I, I got up from the couch and went to go grab a drink. Then I, I sit back. I, then I sit back down, and my cat. Believe it or not, my cat 
was on that table in a, in a, in a position where how cats sit, sit, staring at the TV, looking absolutely nervous because he apparently felt that the turnover was going to get overturned. But So the game broadcast goes back, and then I hear the announcer... Um, I hear the announcer say that you know that there was actually no review. Like they just basically immediately ruled it as a as a legit turnover. So anyway, <laughs> and then I'm just like, wow. So you know, looking at the replay, it, you know, a lot a lot of fans were kind of like were really getting on Tony for that because you know Tony. You know, at the same time, I mean the something that interception. I mean, yeah, it was clearly a catch, but I think sometimes it happens so quick. It's hard to really maintain your eye-to-eye coordination on you know, on the ball moving or the hands, you know, having it like that, it, especially in slow motion. But, but you know, what was done was done, and, um, you know, that was it. So so the Cowboys got the ball on a turnover, and, and the Cowboys, you know, managed to, managed to turn that into, into, uh, into a touchdown. And when Jared Goff intercepted, it was at the Dallas 15. So, so Dallas was actually pinned back deep you know, after that turnover, so... They still had a long ways to go to get to the end zone, but the Cowboys drove down the field. You know, and Tony Pollard had a 28-yard run, which was you know pretty uh, pretty interesting. And then of course uh, Dallas you know, got lucky on um, that you know a Detroit committed a pass interference that put him at the one-yard line. And Detroit uh, and then uh, Ezekiel Elliott was able to punch the ball in to make it 10 to six. And I was like, well, the Cowboys finally have the lead. Because I got to mention that, you know, right before the right before the the end of the first half, the Cowboys were driving until Noah Brown fumbled, you know, around the uh, around the goal line. It was definitely in the red zone. So, yeah. So the Cowboys' offense, you know, still like you know getting overwhelmed by supposedly the worst defensive league, which would be Detroit, but that was clearly not the case. So, so Cowboys take the lead, and then of course, you know, there's back, you know, there's two punts, and then. Detroit, you know, fumbles, and again, you know, Detroit took seven minutes off the clock, they fumbled the ball, and then, you know, and then, then the Cowboys did nothing with that, then punted, and then another Jared Goff interception, and that's where the Cowboys finally decided to take advantage of the turnovers, and then they scored a touchdown, then another thing like that, and, and then boom, so so basically, while the Cowboys got lucky, I mean, I, I guess give the Cowboys credit, I guess give the offense credit that the, the offense finally did they finally did something in the crucial in the, in the crucial final minutes of the game, right? But still, I feel like the Cowboys should have maintained a comfortable lead immediately from the get-go. But that was clearly clearly not the case. And look, if you watch the game, you saw that the play calling that the, the play calling was just not was off. Like, what the hell is this? Like, what the hell is Kellen Moore doing? Like, so so you cannot tell me. I mean, especially Darnell, aka the playmaker, he can't sit here and tell me that I'm being overly critical and that I'm just exaggerating about the play calling. No, I know what I saw. I saw what Kellen Moore was doing, and I and I did not like what I was seeing. Okay, I did not like what I was seeing. But then again, if the production, if the offense are not executed correctly, if they're, if they're poorly executed, if the Cowboys just can't, if the running game is just not effective, if the offensive line is struggling, I mean that's not on Kellen Moore, but with the offensive scheme and the play calling, that's that's where it all starts. So, and then again, you know, some of my listeners, you know, kindly remind you, well, you know, the offensive coordinator has to prepare the players, he has to prepare them. I'm like, yeah, but at the same time, Kellen Moore should not have to tell the offensive line how to block or that they should block. I mean, overall, at the end of the day, it's a team effort, right? But the offense, while they clicked at the end in a positive way for most of the game, they were just not being effective, and the defense had to go out and, and had to go out and bail them out time and time again. So, 
So that's why, I mean, while the offense scored those two late touchdowns, the defense once again won the game for the Dallas Cowboys because if it was not for those five turnovers, I guarantee you, I guarantee you, Detroit would have won the game. Detroit would have won the game if it wasn't for those turnovers. Five turnovers committed by the, five turnovers by the Cowboys defense. I mean, that's pretty incredible. Now, and speaking of the five takeaways, check this out. According to Dallas Cowboys Public Relations on Twitter, Dallas recorded five takeaways in the second half of today's win. The last time the Cowboys had five takeaways in a single half was in Super Bowl was in the Super Bowl against against Buffalo back in 1993. <laughs> so how about that? <laughs> You know, and that's actually what I forgot. Yeah, all, all those turnovers were in the second half, too. So, you know, that's extra credit right there to the, to the uh, Cowboys' defense. You know, doing it in the second half, you know, in, in the mo more crucial part of the game. And, and you'll have to forget, okay, okay Super Bowl uh, 27, yeah, those, uh, the, the military, uh, n like that, XXV, uh, two eyes, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm very uh, not too good with that. But So the last time the Cowboys had five takeaways in the second half, was it Super Bowl twenty seven against Detroit against against Buffalo against Detroit Jesus against Buffalo? So and Trayvon Diggs had his seventeenth interception in his in a game of in a career of thirty five games. I mean for Trayvon Diggs seventeen interceptions in thirty five games, that's impressive. So and that and then according again to Dallas Cowboys public relations, he's tied with Dwight Hicks for second most interceptions by a player in his first 30, 35 games since nineteen seventy. You know, you know, looking at the players, I mean, take a look at the defensive stats. You know, the the players, you know, who had the sacks and everything. I mean, you know, Donovan Wilson had a sack. I mean, Micah Parsons again had a sack, although he got penalized for roughing the for roughing the passer. You know, Sam Williams, the rookie, had two sacks. Man, two sacks, and I, I believe he also had that had that uh, that forced fumble and a and a fumble recovery, and. Yeah, that's actually uh, the Dallas Cowboys public relations confirmed that uh, along with the two sacks that he had, Sam Williams forced and recovered a fumble in the fourth quarter, and he became the first Cowboys rookie since 1982 to register two sacks as well as have a forced fumble and a fumble recovery in the same game. And the last NFL rookie to do that was Nick Bosa, who did it in 2019 against the Cleveland Browns. So congratulations to Sam Williams. I mean, Sam Williams, you know, having a breakout game, you know, Two sacks, he forces a fumble and recovers another. You know, I think he recovered the same one that he forced, too, I believe. It was at that particular play where, the, where he just took it away from Jared Goff. <laughs> it was kind of like, you know, a little tug. It, I wouldn't say tug of war. It was just kind of like a play. He just take the ball away, and, and it's ruled legitimate, so... So you know what? I don't care how you how you how you you commit the the six the strip sack, how you recover it. The bottom line is just force. I mean, I don't care how you force the turnovers. Just force the damn turnovers. That's it. So <laughs> anyway, so Zeke Elliott scored twice, and that was actually his first game since last year against Washington, where he scored twice. So you know, and Peyton Hendershot, who actually who actually had a who caught a touchdown, who uh, Dak Prescott had one touchdown pass, which was amazing. You know, it was to Peyton Hendershot, and, you know, the likes of Peyton Hendershot, all of a sudden, I mean, this dude, you know, is actually, is actually kind of having a season where he's really getting, uh, he's really having, he's really getting his eyes, you know, he's really getting looked at, I should say, I mean, it was so overwhelming, I don't even know what to say, but Peyton Hendershot, all of a sudden, he's making some catches, and, you know, he, he's really, you know, getting some, uh, he's getting some media talk, if you will, like, here I am talking about him, and he's, and that touchdown catch, that was beautiful, so... 
no, and and speaking of Tiny, no, Dalton Schultz actually finally had a you know finally came you know came back and and what I mean by come back is he actually you know had a couple of catches, had five catches for forty nine yards, and you know the rookie Jake Ferguson didn't see. I don't think we saw too much of him. Well, I don't even know if we even saw anything out of him. Well, well, he had one catch for seven yards, you know, one catch, one target. So, well, you know, we'll give him the credit. But you know, I mean, you know that there's definitely some tight, some tight end talent right there. You know, especially because you know very likely the Dallas Cowboys are, they're going to lose Dalton Schultz in free agency. I'm pretty sure Dalton Schultz is in his final year with Dallas. So, anyway, and uh, one more thing, you know, Kevontae Turpin, man, when he had that 52 yard punt, man, Kevontae Turpin has just been such a special player for special teams. You know. Man, seeing his brilliant ability to you know return the return the ball like that play on special teams. I mean, Kevontae Turpin was a very very good investment, and, and Kevontae Turpin, you know, he keeps up the good work. The Dallas Cowboys better damn well make sure he does not end up on another team because Kevontae Turpin is is slowly but surely continually solidifying himself as an effective and very useful special teams player. I mean. He could be the best special teams player that the Cowboys have. He could be the best special teams player the Cowboys have for years to come. So, so Kevontae Turpin, keep up the good work. And if that happens, the Cowboys better reward him and they better keep the guy. Kevontae Turpin seems to me like a player that it would be unacceptable to lose. So, anyway. Wow. Very, very interesting game. Very hard fought, honestly. And... Dak Prescott being end up being named player of the game, and you know with Dak Prescott, you know hopefully the rest of this week, you know a, a full a good full week of practice, you know like that, you know with the conditioning and everything, he can sh- he he can further shake off the rest the rest of the rust because the you know we're, we're, the Cowboys are definitely going to need the best out of it against Chicago. I mean Chicago still right now is maintaining a ten nothing lead over the New England Patriots, and keep in mind this game is in New England, so yeah, so. You know, Cowboys got got to got to be ready for Chicago because you know after this game against Chicago, the Cowboys going to the bye week before they go to Lambeau Field to play Green Bay, and the Cowboys wanted to go in the bye week with a six and two record. And that is all I have to say about it. But before I let you go, ladies and gentlemen, I'd like to remind you that Cowboys Talk is proudly brought to you by Fanatics. Fanatics is your number one place for fan apparel. Fanatics offers over 500,000 items from all the top brands from the NFL, the NBA, the MLB, the NHL, and so much more. So if you are looking to shop at Fanatics, just find the link in the episode description. You can get your sports merch as well as take advantage of the best deals in the world. And for all you pro wrestling fans... WWEShop.com is now part of the Fanatics experience. So if you're looking to get your pro wrestling merch, just find the link in the description of this episode. You can get your pro wrestling merch and you can save money by taking advantage of the best deals in the world. And also, Cowboys Talk is proudly brought to you by Paramount Plus, where you can stream live sports as well as your favorite shows from CBS, Comedy Central, Nickelodeon, and so much more. Plans start at $4.99 per month, and you can cancel at any time. If you subscribe now, you can even get a free trial. So if you're looking to subscribe, just find the link in the description. You can set your account in less than two minutes, and you can start binge-watching your favorite shows as well as stream sports. And finally, ladies and gentlemen, Cowboys Talk is available to you on all streaming platforms, including Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, and YouTube. Thank you all very, very much for joining me this evening, and I will see you all next time.